0: Coming up on Stew Does America, the left still hates Donald Trump, even when he's letting Democrats out of prison. Bloomberg finally gets on stage in Las Vegas. Normally that would be to grope the dancers, but this time it's for a debate. And speaking of unwanted groping, Jeff Fisher joins us because apparently we've done something wrong to the universe. Don't forget to rate and review this podcast in your podcast app and click the bell on YouTube to get notifications so you always know when the latest episode is posted. Trust me, as almost every review says, it's great. Whatever. You can subscribe at blazetvcom stew and save 10 bucks with the code stew. Now, subscribing is not going to make you an instant billionaire. I'm sorry, but it will give you more friends than Tom Steyer.
1: Stew does America. <laughs>
0: Get ready, everybody. It's time for your latest Trump-related mega-controversy. The media has lost its mind over Donald Trump and his pardons yesterday. And the word is there's even more to come. Yes, I can't wait. Yeah. Of course, every president does this, and it's completely their right to do it. Usually you're talking about a little known political operative that is connected through some weird way, and they receive a get-out-of-jail-free card. The only difference here is that Trump has some famous friends. For example, yesterday we got Bernie Carrick, uh, Edward DeBartolo Jr., and Rod Boglojevich. B- 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 I don't know I can say his name, Bogloevich. Now, Bogloevich was a Democrat, so bipartisanship, right? Am I right? Bipartisanship. Everyone's going to cheer it, right? Eh, shockingly, no. But one of my favorite stats is that Bogloevich left office with a 4% Approval rating four percent. That is awesome. It's lower than I think the approval rating for prostate cancer and if you're going to pardon contestants from the apprentice can we also think about the opposite and arrest some too. Gary Busey, for example. I mean, he's probably done something. Piers Morgan's certainly guilty. Latoya Jackson, absolutely. Snooky. I want to know about Snooky. What did she do? What did she know? When did she know it? She had to be doing something. I don't know. And if Geraldo uh, is taking a picture of himself in a towel again, I want him in prison immediately. Because if that doesn't get you in prison, I don't know what does. A lot of people are saying that Trump is using his pardon power way too much for the wrong reasons. Screw that. I think he's underusing it. If I were president, I'd be partying everybody I like. And then I'd start the pardon process with enemies of the people I didn't like. And then, holy crap, I'd be making, I mean, pardon call after pardon call every single time I watched a true crime documentary. I mean, the only thing stopping every murderer in America from being released is the maintenance of my Netflix subscription and how impossible their menu is to navigate. Now, I don't believe I would enjoy Goop Lab Netflix. You can kindly shove that suggestion where Gwyneth puts her jade eggs. So I'm not criticizing this president or, honestly, any of the other recent ones for who they've been pardoning. It's an almost unquestioned universal power of the president. And it's the most king-like feature of our Constitution. But isn't that kind of the problem? Wasn't the entire point of this whole America thing to stop doing king stuff? There's always been kind of my issue here with pardon power uh, for the president. It's just so freaking British like annoyingly British. It's basically the John Oliver of constitutional powers. Of course, the founders did debate this at length, as you'd expect. If you're watching this on video, I'll give you the founders quote on screen. But since they talked in annoying, old timey powdered wig language, I'll translate from George Mason for our listeners. Hey morons, guess what? You give the president pardon power, he's going to do whatever the hell he wants with it. He's going to pardon people committing treason to benefit him. It's going to be like the Sopranos with immunity. It's going to be Frank freaking Underwood. Or worse, the actor who portrayed Frank freaking Underwood. Not every president is going to be G-Dub over here. You know, Mr. I don't want to be king. I don't care about that. I have too much integrity. We're talking cigars and porn stars. That is our future. They're not going to all be Washington. A lot of them are going to be A. It's a loose translation there, but I think you understand the point. And he was right. I'm totally on Team George Mason on this one, i got to say. Really, the only thing you can't do with pardon power is get someone to commit a crime intentionally for you, and then pardon them. Like, if you get the wrong order, you can't send someone to McDonald's and have them burn it to the ground with dozens of workers inside, and then pardon the guy after he gets caught. And by the way, Gary at the McDonald's counter who gave me my sandwich on an English muffin instead of a mini syrup-infused pancake, yes, you should take that as a threat. We should also note this whole thing about pardoning people who help you commit crimes. You know that whole thing? Well, whether there is one single shred of evidence or not, you're going to be hearing a lot about that if Trump does pardon Roger Stone. Get ready for a bunch of MSNBC programming. Oh, it's going to be fun. Rachel Maddow has already have, like, written and produced a 119-part series about it with some very credible guests, I think. Uh, For example, Skyping in live from prison, Michael Avenatti. Yeah. Tell us. Tell us something we can believe in, sweet prince. The initial idea for the pardon was kind of what Washington used it for. Alexander Hamilton, who was a patriot but also had a man crush on centralized power, was all about the pardon being in the hands of the president. He was the bigwig, and he had a big fat tax on whiskey that pissed everybody else off. Long story short, that led to the Whiskey Rebellion, and Washington used pardon power to excuse a couple of dudes who were going to be hanged, okay? Here's Washington's quote on screen, along with my translation. Look, uh, when the crap is hitting the fan, I'm coming down like a load of bricks on these bastards. But we all got past the BS, and now they admit they were the a-holes. So let's give them a mulligan to keep the country together and whatnot. But they do it again, and I'm going America all over their asses. Washington out, bitches. Again, it's a rough quote. Over time, though, the pardon power evolved in the same way that Every government power evolves. People started using it for their friends and their allies and for their pet political issues. And by the way, that's totally allowed. And I'd be way more aggressive with it if I were Trump. I'd be putting pardons into T-shirt cannons and launching them into the crowd at my rallies. I'd install a cash booth in the Oval Office and let people try to grab as many pardons as they can. I'd be throwing pardons into fantasy football trade proposals. I'll give you a Kaepernick and a pardon for Mahomes. Ooh, sorry, dude, I'd, I think I'd rather stay in prison. There are plenty of examples of justified pardons, but even quote-unquote good pardons have their problems. Kennedy thought drug sentences were too long, so he commuted and pardoned a bunch of people who he thought were screwed. But that's just the president writing the law, or at least a subtle admission that he does a lot of drugs. Either way, the president isn't supposed to write laws or do drugs or write laws while doing drugs. But hey, if John Roberts can obviously and constantly be high as chief justice, why not the president? Let's say you hate the income tax. Why not just pardon people who don't pay it? Congrats, you've overturned the income tax. Are you hearing me, Republicans? Just an idea. Now I'm back on Team Hamilton, I think. James Madison did not agree with George Mason either on all of this. Once more, a quote on the screen with my translation. Jeez, George, freaking relax. If we get a president douchebag, we'll just impeach the guy. Calm down. Here, have some of these drugs. Of course, impeachment is always an option, especially if you happen to own a Nancy Pelosi sucks commemorative pen. NancyPelosiSucksPen.com. But I just feel like there should be a middle point between the president doing whatever he wants here and getting fired like Rod Boglojevich on The Apprentice. There were proposals at the time for a Senate veto if something really went crazy, and maybe something like that makes sense. But more importantly, I don't like the pardon power because it's direct from the king we were running away from. It's way too British. That's not to say all British things are bad. For example, James Bond. Awesome. Boris Johnson's hair, which is amazing in every single way. But this is more like Guy Ritchie after he stopped doing gangster films or Annoying televised family drama. Ah, Prince and Princess. Ugh. At least, though, uh, Diana and Charles back in the day, at least that story had car chases, which made it a little bit more exciting. And if you think that joke is criminally dark, which it is, don't worry. You can always pardon me. Wouldn't it be nice if search engines and social media sites were unbiased platforms that didn't choose a side politically? Mmm, keep dreaming. It's not happening right now. 2016, the tech elites at Google bragged about donating millions of dollars to Hillary Clinton. These big tech companies that push their political agenda and restrict the free speech rights of conservatives are the very same corporations we're trusting to handle our personal data online. Does that make any sense? I don't want them using my web history, my email metadata, my video searches against me. That's why you use uh, ExpressVPN, this is what you gotta do. Every single time you go online, ExpressVPN. Big tech companies can match your internet activity to your identity or location using your public IP address. When I use ExpressVPN, these tech companies can't see my IP address at all. My identity is masked and anonymized uh, by a secure VPN server. You gotta use this. Plus ExpressVPN has the added benefit of encrypting 100% of your data to keep you safe from hackers and internet bad guys. Does it sound complicated? Well, kind of, it does, but it's not. Uh, ExpressVPN is is really easy. You set it up in like a minute on your your computer or your phone, tap one button, and you're protected. So if you're like me and you believe your Internet data belongs to, I don't know, you and not the tech elites, well, then ExpressVPN is the answer. Protect your online activity today and find out how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash stew. That's expressvpn.com slash stew for three months free with a one-year package. Visit expressvpn.com slash stew to learn more. Fun fact, there have been 162,317 debates so far this year. Uh, That's uh, that's a lot, and you may be sick of them. I will say, most of the last 38,497 have sucked. I mean, they've been really, really boring. But tonight is different, I think. Uh, Tonight is is a, a pretty interesting situation. Uh, We are seeing something we've never seen before in American history. Here's a guy, Michael Bloomberg, on stage for the first time, who's decided to dump tons and tons and tons of his own cash into this election. And it's kind of an interesting experiment. I mean, if you didn't care about the country and how things turned out, it would be really fun to watch. Like if this was a SimCity uh, version, like a SimCity election or something, this would be really fascinating. Uh, He's going to be able to get his name ID up really high, and he's been running ads like crazy. He's run over $400 million in ads. And in a way, and I know this sounds weird, in a way that understates what he's doing. Uh, Bloomberg is spending and spending and spending. And we've had this debate for a very long time about whether you can buy elections with enough money. I guess we're all going to find out together because he's trying it. Now, of course, when you buy an election, that kind of indicates that you would... Purchase someone's vote. And of course, that can't happen. Uh, no matter how many ads you run, like, I mean, th- you know how many times I've seen ads for like feminine hygiene products? I've never bought one. I've never had to. Right? It's not interesting to me. I'm sure maybe some women are interested in buying that particular thing, but it's, nothing makes you purchase something because you saw it in an ad. I mean, how many times have I said NancyPelosiSucksPen.com? Have you purchased yours yet? If the answer is no, then you can't buy an election. So Bloomberg is out there spending $400 million on ads. And as I said, this sort of understates it overall because it's more than just the ad spending. The ad spending is in some ways secondary. First of all, he's able to get all the highest and best talent when it comes to staffing because he is overpaying Everybody uh, jobs like field orga- field organizers that normally get like thirty thousand dollars a year. He's paying 60, 70, eighty five thousand dollars a year. So if you're a field organizer and you're like, well, I could go with Bernie or Elizabeth Warren, but I can make 50 grand more a year going uh, with uh, Bloomberg. We're going to go. You're going to go with Bloomberg unless you really have an ideological um, alignment with one of those other candidates. So he's got really good people, people that normally would make $100,000 at a high-level campaign role. He's paying three fifty. dollars These are big differences, and he's able to grab lots of uh, people from, uh, from other campaigns. There was a campaign in Connecticut where a, a candidate was running a very close race for, I think it was a state Senate uh, seat, and uh, three weeks before the election, Bloomberg hired her to go work in Wisconsin. So this woman in Connecticut who was running for the seat winds up losing by 75 votes with no campaign manager. Oopsie. Uh, probably a good outcome from our perspective, but still it's a fascinating thing to watch. The other thing that they're doing is if you go to these rallies where Bloomberg is, he is, um, he's, you know, you go to a rally, maybe there might be maybe some chips, maybe some old sandwiches with flies you know, going all over them probably. Not at Bloomberg rallies. We're talking cheese plates, really legitimately fancy foods, um, you know, uh, beer, wine, You know, when you go to um, most candidates sites, you you try to buy a T-shirt. If you wanted to buy one, you could go to their website, you know, 20 bucks, get a T-shirt. It's kind of part of a donation. Not with Bloomberg. You could just go to one of his rallies and he'll hand it to you for free. He doesn't care. It's a freaking T-shirt. He's Michael Bloomberg. He's got sixty four million billion dollars. He doesn't care. So that whole thing, the whole thing, the way he's doing it is really an interesting experiment. Now, he's rusty, right? Like the guy hasn't had a debate in a long time. He was mayor from I want to say it's two thousand. One to 2012, 11, something like that. I can't remember exactly. Uh, he was, came in right, I guess it was 2002 he started, 2002 to 2011, maybe. Anyway, it's been a long freaking time. And you saw Joe Biden in his first uh, venture out on the debate stage. That was just a disaster, right? Not, not a good showing. Now, all of his other showings have also been bad in the 162,385 debates since, but the first one was particularly bad and it was what kind of started his campaign off on the wrong foot. It's why he never was able really to, to raise money. A lot of people are saying, well, this is uh, so much money from Michael Bloomberg because he's able to spend uh, all of this money on these ads. And that's why it's working so well. I mean, that's certainly part of it. Right. But what, what the, the money has bought him is an, a, the ability to skip those early states. When you go into a race, you're going through these early states, not because you care all that much about the nine delegates you might win in New Hampshire, You're doing it so you can get momentum going, you can raise money, you can build so you'll have enough money to run ads and do other things in the Super Tuesday states. Well, he gets to skip those. So he's been running essentially a campaign that is unopposed in Super Tuesday states for a few months. And it's shown in the polls. One of the latest polls has him up at uh, 18 percent. You see him challenging uh, Sanders for the lead in some of these states. Uh, He's leading in a couple of them in a couple of polls. So it so far, it's really just been an interesting and fascinating thing. But what money can't buy you is, you know, a good performance at a debate. It can't uh, can't buy you um, actual votes. All it can do is put a bunch of commercials in front of you. You might even think about trying um, a particular feminine hygiene product because you see their ad over and over again. But if you try it and you don't like it, you don't continue to buy it. So he's still got a long way to go. Him and Biden are really going back and forth at each other. Now, Biden has decided it's time to become aggressive, which he probably should have been doing a long time ago. And he ran an ad uh, earlier uh, in the day where it had like a text message sort of uh, run where it was just talking. It was playing a lot of Bloomberg clips, how he's critical of Obama, how he endorsed George W. Bush, uh, how he uh, was buddy buddy with Trump, all of these things. And um, Bloomberg then fired back with a tweet of his own. This tweet said basically like, hey, Joe Biden has been serving this country for a very long time and he's always been able to stand up next to great men. And then he ran this ad watch
2: the best way to predict the future is to create it. I don't know anybody I've worked with in my career, and I've been hanging around a long time who does more to create the future than you, Mike. Mike Bloomberg uh, transformed the city of New York into a global leader on public health and environmental stewardship. While others talked about climate change, Mike took action. He helped reduce New York's greenhouse gas emissions by 16 percent. Mike has what every public official should have. Passion matched with principle. Your legacy extends well beyond the five boroughs. To a nation and a world that continues to benefit from the leadership that you have shown, and I am absolutely confident is going to exist in the years to come. <laughs> the thing I like about Mike, is not about words. No. It's always about action.
0: Always. I'm Mike Bloomberg, and I approve this message. I mean, it's tough because Bloomberg has given so much money to both sides of the aisle. No matter who he runs at against at any point, they're always going to have the moment where they say the really nice things, and they're going to be able to look like the candidate is endorsing uh, Bloomberg. This is what happens when you whore yourself out with your money over a very long period of time. Uh, by the way, if you want to look and play, on a play along with the debates a little bit, I like doing this. Uh, this is uh, at Predictit.org. We talked about this yesterday and they have a couple of good markets up there for the debate. For example, who will speak the most at the February 19th Democratic debate? Uh, who's going to who's going to run their jibber jabber the most? It eh, looks like Bernie Sanders. Forty five percent. People think thirty nine percent think it's going to be Bloomberg, Warren, and Biden at eight, Klobuchar and Buttigieg at uh, six and five. And but basically, again, if you've missed the show yesterday, what that means is you can buy Warren essentially at eight cents or eight percent. And if she speaks the most, you'll get a dollar for every eight cents you invest. If Sanders uh, were to speak the most and you bought that, you'd get a dollar for every 45 cents you'd invest and so on. Um, They also have who will speak the least at the debate. And that one is kind of the reverse of of the previous chart. Mostly, although Klobuchar is actually the one who they expect to uh, speak the least. Warren at 35 percent, Klobuchar 39 and then Biden, Buttigieg, Bloomberg. And everyone, I I guess, really thinks that Sanders is going to run his mouth a lot. You kind of would think Bloomberg would be the guy, wouldn't it? Because Bloomberg, he's the interesting part of this. All the other debates have had all these people in there. Bloomberg's kind of the interesting one. Um, Finally, this one's, uh, I think, an interesting one. How many times will the word billionaire be be said during the debate? Um, So there's six. How many uh, uh, debaters will say that? Uh, Well, uh, if you go six or more, (laughs) 23%. It kind of feels like everyone's going to say the word billionaire at some point. Maybe... Maybe not Bloomberg. I don't know. How would he say I like being a billionaire? Uh, Everyone else. Maybe they'll sing the song. I want to be a billionaire. So effing bad, because I think the truth is they all do. You know, Bernie Sanders has been tweeting about millionaires and billionaires for so long. He eventually became a millionaire and now he's dropped the word millionaire from all of his tweets. And now he just talks about billionaires. I think it's, he's just trying to make it happen, like Beetlejuice. You just say the name enough, and you turn into it. He said millionaire a bunch of times. He became a millionaire. Maybe the same thing happens with billionaires. I don't know. It's a good thing to test, and uh, I, I think I might, I might do the same. We'll be back in a second. Billionaire, billionaire. So, walking two-legged cardiac event, Bernie Sanders is, of course, in the debate tonight, and he's competing be your president. Kind of interesting. I mean, here's a guy who, in the middle of the campaign, had a heart attack, and it actually seemed to help him. People were like, ah, I, I think I like the guy with the blocked arteries. He seems better than Elizabeth Warren. I don't know. Uh, it's really weird because at that point, it seemed like Warren had all the momentum. Bernie's really his kind of his competition in that lane. He has a heart attack. You think Warren's going to take over and Bernie's going to be done? Exact reverse happens. Everyone's like, I feel bad for the heart attack guy. Let's vote for him. It's a weird thing to do, but that's what the Democrats are. Weird. So they had this clip on um, on CNN, and I found this to be fascinating. Um, Bernie has promised for a while to release his full health records, and it's totally a legitimate request. This is not some crazy conspiracy theory. The man had a heart attack during this election cycle. I mean, he was out. of He was not campaigning for like three weeks because he had a heart attack. It feels natural to maybe ask for his health records. But that seems like an incredibly crazy request, apparently, to the Bernie uh, Sanders campaign. Here's one of his spokespeople things.
1: I don't think we will release any more medical records. I have those three letters from the doctors that Senator Sanders was talking about. There's there's nothing in them other than the doctor saying that he's fit. He had a heart attack.
3: Yeah, well, he he had a heart attack in the fall. Do
1: you think the American people deserve to know more about his health going forward?
3: I think that the American people deserve to know exactly as much as every other candidate has released in this race currently. And historically, and what you're seeing right now is really reminiscent of some of the kind of smear, kind of a uh, skepticism campaigns that have been run against a lot of different candidates in the past, um, questioning where they're from, um, aspects of their uh, um, their their lineage, et cetera, et cetera. And it's really telling, given that none of the same concern is being demonstrated for Michael Bloomberg, who's the same age as Bernie Sanders, who has suffered heart attacks in the past. And what we're seeing is a kind of um, smear campaign from the likes of Jennifer Rubin, is one that's been beating this drum a lot. Republicans who if they were honest with themselves, don't support Bernie Sanders for other reasons, largely for the same reasons that millions of working Americans do support Bernie, which is that he supports social programs that prioritize Main Street over Wall Street and is, yes, made a lot of enemies in the pharmaceutical industry and the health insurance industry and all of the interest groups whose interests are aligned against those of average Americans.
0: So, I mean, look, she's right on that. I definitely don't uh, support Bernie Sanders for a million other reasons. It's not as, it's not as hard. Honestly, his clogged arteries are, m- are probably the best thing about him. I mean, I, I don't like really anything about Bernie Sanders. Uh, but the, just to, to compare it to birtherism, uh, you know, it really has nothing to do with that. Uh, it's a very legitimate request. And look, Michael Bloomberg, if he's actually going to make a dent in this thing, they're going to ask about his, his records too. The issue is no one can vote for Bernie Sanders, uh, excuse me, for Michael Bloomberg this weekend. That's not—he can't—he's not running in Nevada. He's not running in the next state either. He's sort of this off uh, in the distance figure, and uh, really Bernie's the one who's kind of more under the microscope right at this point. Uh, and you know, look, no matter who wins—I mean, who's the only person? Maybe Buttigieg, maybe Klobuchar. Everyone else, I think, is like on the verge of uh, of of God only knows what's going to go on with their health. Uh, they're, they're all like, you know, they're all relatively old. And that does not mean that they And some of them may have. uh, I mean, Bernie seems to be able to quote his socialist lines without having any problem. Unlike a Joe Biden, he seems mentally there. Uh, But, you know, it's not a crazy conspiracy theory. The man had a heart attack during this election cycle. It was like a couple of months ago. Not crazy. Um, Let's go to Bernie now talking about um, uh, the Green New Deal and what's going to take to get that done.
4: I don't think you have a choice on this issue. All right. You know, people have criticized me. They say, "Bernie, you're you're proposing a very large expenditure in terms of moving to sustainable energy, mm-hmm. transforming the energy system." That's the 16 trillion. And I say to them, "You tell me how much is too much if we're talking about saving this planet for future generations." <laughs> the 16 trillion. So that's, that's too much. We don't have an alternative. And I want to remind everybody. You know, I want to remind everybody. And I, I often make uh, this analogy uh, during at the beginning of World War II, when Pearl Harbor took place in 1941, Uh-oh. this country was in no way prepared, prepared to fight a war in Asia and to fight a war in Europe. Mm-hmm. That's the truth. And yet within two years, two and a half years, because of the industrialization of this country and the focus yeah. on producing planes and tanks yeah, and get, weapons, right. in two it. and a half years, the war was basically won and Nazism was on the defense. There you go. That's, that's that what was, we got
0: to do now. That's basically the entire story right there. That's it, you know? It was a couple of years. Nazis are gone. No big deal. It was nice and easy. And this is, of course, a compar- comparison because the Nazis, uh, fighting them was the same thing as fighting the 0.9 degrees Celsius temperature rise we've seen over the past century. I will say one thing people don't know about the Nazis, huge environmentalists. People don't realize that. Dauerwald was the, uh, one of the biggest... Um, uh, for, uh, forestry programs uh, in world history—they uh, basically started modern forestry. Uh, the Nazis, and it was such—it was something at such a big scale that actually uh, a lot of people who are real environmentalists today say the Nazis basically started the modern environmentalist, uh, environmentalist movement when it comes to uh, forestry and such things. They didn't always follow up on that; they seem to get prioritized on other uh, really nasty things, uh, but. That's something that people don't know. Another thing that people don't know is Pete Buttigieg uh, is a, a, apparently a religious scholar, and he seems to think this is a good road for him to go down. Watch. When you talk
3: about about God not belonging to any kind of a political party at the last CNN town hall, you said if your faith calls upon you to help the marginalized, uh, those who are uh, afflicted to comfort to comfort people, to strive for humility and decency, as the Christian faith does. Uh, And then I quote you, then I just can't imagine that that requires of you that you be anywhere near this president. Do you think it is impossible to be a Christian and support President Trump?
1: Well, I'm not gonna tell other Christians how to be Christians. Yes you are, you do it all the time. But I will say, I cannot find any compatibility between the way this president conducts himself and anything that I find in scripture. Now, I guess that's my interpretation, but I think that's a lot of people's interpretation and that interpretation deserves a
0: voice. I mean, look, I I don't know why he thinks this is a good strategy. Buttigieg comes off as a guy who seems like a nice guy, seems like he's pretty smart, he seems like the type of person that maybe could relate to the middle of the country a little bit, but this is a terrible idea for him. He keeps going down this road and what is hilarious about this is if you were to be a religious person and criticize anything about Pete Buttigieg, you would be a hate monger. You have to immediately read the scriptures the exact same way Pete Buttigieg does. But when he wants to criticize your, uh, your vision of what the scriptures, scriptures actually are telling you to do, well, then uh, that's right on the table and something that everyone in the crowd is going to clap for. I mean, I'm not Pete Buttigieg's uh, you know, campaign manager. Uh, I, uh, I I don't think it's I think it's smart to be able to say, hey, look, I actually have faith and I can relate to people with faith. That's a smart thing to do in a campaign. But the way he's doing it is a disaster. I mean, it's a disaster. I don't want Pete Buttigieg to be the president of the United States. So don't tell him this. But, uh, you know, if, if I'm uh, my own wishes, I just hope Pete Kiss keeps doing this, honestly, over and over and over again, because I think it's a terrible strategy. It's insulting. You're already at this sort of place where. You know, you're you're a person who's arguing for, let's uh, nine month abortions. Right. You're already there. Okay, that's where you are. You're already going to have skepticism from people of faith, uh, you know, as to who you are as a religious person, because of some of these beliefs that you keep espousing, uh, ones that wind up eliminating, to be nice, eliminating many, many millions of people. Um, So I don't think you should preach to other Christians Maybe you sit that one out if you can't come up with a way to say, look, I really respect people of faith. And if they believe Donald Trump is the right way to go, I mean, it's not the way I'm going. Obviously, I'm running for president to 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 stop him. But, you know, if that's what they believe and, and that's, you know, connects with their faith. I have no no reason to question it whatsoever and move away from it, because maybe this works in the Democratic primary. It's not going to work uh, to the United States of America as a whole. Uh, one more quick one. Do we have one from quick one from Tom Steyer. He's about to be out of the race. So let's watch him.
1: My family has been supporting immigrants to San Francisco, mostly from Mexico and Central America, for 35 years. Oh wow. We have never asked for papers in all that time. Hmm. I've put in more than a million bucks to welcome people to San
0: Francisco. I put in more than three million dollars personally to hire lawyers to represent people okay. under threat of deportation so they could get a fair treatment under the law. Were you just admitting to a crime? Are you just admitting to trafficking immigrants into the country that are illegal? Is that what you're admitting to? You know, it's one of those things, Tom Steyer, you'd say, Tom Steyer, he's such a nobody, he can't even get arrested. Well, let's test it out. Let's see if he can. Back in a second. So I hope you've been enjoying Pardon Palooza. Uh, Over the past couple of days, it's been pretty interesting uh, with Rod Boglojevich, who has been uh, one of the big names that's been pardoned over uh, the past couple of days. Joining us now is Jeff Fisher. He's the host of Chewing the Fat on the Blaze uh, podcast network, also the author of his parenting book, I Don't Think I'm Good at This. (laughs) Hi, Jeffy. Welcome,
1: Jeff Fisher. how are you? If that was actually going to be a parenting book, I wish I had one, but I don't know, I might
0: change it like I am not this good at this. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's not working out no, for any not. of us. Um, the Boglojevich thing, among others, is kind of interesting. I, know, I feel like you're the type of guy who would appreciate a good crime going away pardon? in
1: the legal system. Well, look, these people have already been convicted, right? <laughs> They've been in jail. You had uh, the guy from San Francisco,
0: yeah. DeBartolo. Uh, and
1: that was some sort of. Uh,
0: uh, it was a gambling thing or some, something.
1: Yeah, Some uh, fraud deal where he had paid off somebody for
0: something. Allegedly. Thank you for bringing all the details. Allegedly. The uh, you're <laughs> welcome. No problem. He pled guilty. What do you mean? Allegedly. Uh, whatever. And it was a gambling scam. He was trying to get a, a, a casino thing going. And and, and uh, Blago well, it was just to sell a seat, sell a
1: Senate seat. Uh.
0: <laughs> got, eh, in A
1: couple of years for that. But mm-hmm. I am a fan of uh, being pardoned. Uh, if you haven't, I was thinking about this. If you haven't done physical harm mm-hmm. to another human being.
0: Yeah. So we're, we're getting yeah. rid of all nonviolent yeah, crime. Go ahead in get world. out of here. I you have here. like the a, a, a purge, but it's just nonviolent crime, and it's all the all the time, It's not one day a year, but it's 365. All the time. yeah. Okay. All the time. I'm a fan. I like that. I yeah, like that. I'm good. If,
1: now, physical and body harm, whew, you're going to jail.
0: Now, but yeah, even for you, because I yeah, feel like you've I, probably yeah. committed <laughs> some acts you may not want to uh, you want to talk about here. Uh, I've not been are charged you yet. are you going to try to get a pardon for any
1: future crimes? I actually, I I emailed uh president trump uh, i'm pretty sure it goes directly to him it's just i just emailed you know donald j trump at the <laughs> white house figured it goes right to him probably and i i kind of thought i said hey mr president how about you know you predate a pardon for me just in case <laughs> just like, leave right. leave
0: what the pardon's for blank just you know kind of like a check okay. with no date on it and no <laughs> yes. amount it's like a blank pardon for you yeah, just fill in whenever you need it free I remember you used to take carry around. I don't know if you still do a little card that had your rights on it. So when you get arrested, you can read my wallet. I
1: definitely have have it. Yeah, Yeah, I am not guilty of.
0: Am I being charged with a crime if I'm not let me go? Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I um, I typically side with law enforcement. Uh, On most cases, I feel like most of the time they're doing their best and and they're and they're good guys and things go right. It's not always the case, though. No, it is uh, not. Because you you, you brought up a a story on Chewing the Fat. and It was like last week. And I find it to be fascinating. I don't know how I didn't hear about the story. It's about a reality show guy who got in a little bit of hot water. Grant
1: Robichaud and his girlfriend, yes, Chris Riley, in Orange County, California. They uh, he was part of a uh, dating uh, reality show on Bravo mm-hmm. for a while and uh, they were both arrested and charged with a huge I mean so you want the facts yeah, yeah give I'll the the give facts. you the facts all right he was charged with nine felonies Uh, including rape by the use of drugs, oral copulation by use of anesthesia or a controlled substance, assault with intent to commit a sexual offense, four counts of possession of a controlled substance for sale, two counts of possession of an assault weapon, charged with sentencing enhancements of personal use of a firearm during a health and safety code violation. She was charged with seven felonies. Then a month and a half later, they were both charged with more felonies. Uh, he got uh, he got uh, eight additional felonies. Jeez. She was charged with six additional felonies: three counts of kidnapping, intent to commit a sexual offense, two additional charges of rape by use of drugs, one additional count of assault with intent to commit a sexual offense. And so he was a incredible
0: a doctor or a dentist yes, or something. An orthopedic surgeon. Orthopedic surgeon. Yeah. And so the theory basically was that they were kidnapping, drugging people. Bringing them back to I don't know, somewhere to, the, to their Newport Beach home uh, and in Orange County, doing all sorts of terrible things and filming it. Right, right? like that was a big part of it because they had all sorts of evidence. We were told. Correct, correct, and they uh, they
1: pled not guilty to these charges. By the way, they were, they didn't. Unlike the people who were pardoned by President Trump, who <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so they plead not guilty, and, <laughs> and I, you know when you have a story like that and it comes down and it, it was like something like a thousand counts total of of, of, of like yeah. different uh,
1: well they had they they had uh, thousands of photographs this is what we were told mm-hmm. they had thousands of photographs videos chats from computers hundreds of hours of audio recordings tens of thousands of text messages between the defendants over four years thousands of conversations on Bumble Tinder Facebook and other social media services hundreds of emails right. thousands of transcripts on and on it goes now
0: they, they you list that, and you think to yourself, this sounds... First of no all, it's, a, it's an unbelievable, overwhelming case, right, right? And secondly, like what you just said doesn't really describe a crime. You just said they had a bunch of text messages. We don't know what was in them. We don't know what the photos are, well, but we it, know what they were charged it was with. It that, insinuated that these were like... Photos of them doing things to people who had passed out and were helpless and all sorts of horrible sexual right. crimes. Right. Well, uh, this is a guy who's uh, he's the uh, prosecutor right at the Rick time. caucus was yep.
1: the uh, Orange County uh, district attorney at the time. Uh, and he is going, you know, he was running for reelection. Mm-hmm so it's a big story' uh, a huge day. story yeah. uh nationwide coverage everything and he uh you know apparently thought that this was going to help in his uh reelection campaign because he admitted to the now uh the now district attorney spitzer that he had used the case to garner media attention to help his reelection campaign, and that's when Spitzer, the <laughs> district attorney now said. Well, uh, let's review everything in this case, all the evidence, let's review everything. Probably pretty smart. Yeah, so then they did, they they reviewed everything. He came out uh, earlier this month, February of uh, 2020, and said, um, there's not a single piece of evidence or video or photo that shows an unconscious or incapacitated woman being sexually assaulted, not one. All criminal charges
0: dropped. I mean, how is this possible? <laughs> what? Like, I mean, I can understand. We, there's been cases before where, like, DAs will be a little overboard trying to get attention for a reelection. I mean, shouldn't the DA be going to prison? Uh, you would think so. What's happening? Are they going to charge so. him? So, is there
1: anything they can do? Well, and now, see, once, after he originally charged them, he pretty much begged if there were more people out there to come forward. And some did. So now those people are saying, hey, 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 um, what about us? We're, we came forward and we were part of this. So now they're thinking about giving in a special prosecutor and coming after them. Nice. But it seems like why would there when there's no evidence right. saying any of this actually happened? Because it kind of seems like maybe some
0: people jumped on board on this as they, when they thought we're, it was going down. Right. Uh, and know. Well, right. Wait, the only thing about that, though. You got to believe all women. They never tell lies, Jeffy. It's never happened in history. There's never been a woman who said something untrue. And I want you to remember that. I apologize. For your day. Thank you're you right. very much. I apologize. Um, th- I, I, and you, I mean, look, you're pretty much a relationship expert. I, would say. <laughs> I mean, you, if you're known for anything, <laughs> it's relationships. It's, it, well, it's fashion one, because well, you I, are fashion. I am fashion clearly. Uh, but number clearly. two, I would say is re- relationship expert. Uh, And you've identified, I think, a wonderful relationship.
1: (laughs) between.
0: I've always been a fan of um,
1: celebrities Mm -hmm. who, as they age, decide that their partners need to be younger, whether it be male or female. There's female celebrities out there running around with younger males, but it's a predominantly (laughs) male-oriented... It's a male pastime, isn't it? Yes. Mm -hmm. As as, As some males get older... They still want to believe that they're younger and go toward the younger woman. Mm-hmm. And uh, we all look at them when they do the runways. For an example, let's say when you see Al Pacino yeah. with his girlfriend, uh, Mattel Dohan is her name. Mattel. 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 M-E-I-T-A-L. She named it after the toy company? Yes. yes. No, not Mattel. Okay. Mattel. Anyway. Mattel. Mm-hmm. Uh, she you know what? It might be a different spelling of the toy company.
0: <laughs> well he found her at a kids or uh kids or us, which <laughs> yes. I thought was
1: an interesting There's wrinkle. only a there's only a thirty-nine year difference that's in it. their ages. Oh, that's, that's it. Mm-hmm. And so when you see them together, you think you always think to oh, there goes the rich guy. Yeah. Right? That's sure. the rich guy. He's got plenty of money. He, there's no way. You know, I mean the joke has always been that you can't put an age limit on love.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> a joke? You, I thought you yeah. really meant that. Oh, yeah, you know, I mean I did. Yeah, yeah. There's no <laughs> age limit on love. And uh So, when she just broke up with him. Oh, no. I know. What could possibly be the reason? Was there any? I know. And you think, oh, no. They lost love? They fell out of love with each other? But she actually uh, came with the truth, and she. And it hurts. (laughs) It hurts a little. I mean, if you're Al, you're like, ooh. Uh, She said, it's hard to be with a man so old. (laughs) Even Al Pacino. Did not hiding it at all. Uh, I, I tried to deny it, but now he's already an elderly man. <laughs> I hate minute. he was an elderly man when you first met him. No, it was two years ago. Well, Wasn't he two in his 80s? 77, two oh, years goodness. ago. I mean, for the Democratic Still? presidential field, it'd be a, a spring chicken. She said, she said the age, the age gap is difficult. Yes. Is it? But when it comes right down to it, really, it has nothing to do with the age gap. I'm sorry. Okay. She's just upset. Okay. That Al wasn't spending any cash on her, because in the in the interview she says, um, "I know his fortune was been estimated at 180 million dollars, but he only ever bought me flowers."
0: <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but she's going to like celebrity net worth to find out who, <laughs> how much her boyfriend. How is can I worth. say
1: politely that he didn't like to spend money? So that's, oh, man, that's all sad. this was about. I mean, I'm Al. Actually sad. Al. Buy a ring, buy a necklace, do something.
0: You gotta do something. What, what do you What do you do with your money? You got 180 million dollars.
1: I mean, right. And even if he is hurting a little bit, he's got the new deal at Amazon, right? He's yeah. shooting hunters coming out soon. Oh, it's good actually. And yes, it does. And uh, he made some money from The Irishman. Spend a little cash. Spend a little you cash. Spend a little right? cash. Right? You gotta do it. You have you to do it. I mean, I feel, although you know. She's not having any of it now. She's gone.
0: Well, you know what? He's going to go. He's going to have to go younger. It's the only solution. It's the only solution to this problem. I would venture to say that's probably (laughs) what's going to happen. Probably right. Jeff Fisher. uh, It's uh, chewing the fat with Jeff Fisher. Absolutely. Definitely come back at some point uh, soon, Jeffy. nice to see you. Finally got the show up and running. Yeah. (sighs) You know what? Come back, but come back when I'm not here. If you don't mind. (laughs) But why would? (laughs) We'll be back in just a second. Make sure to subscribe to Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Who does america it's great whatever you're watching a program of course or listening to a program with a very uh host with limited talent uh and ability and i appreciate you doing that and, and donating your charity of your time uh to watch this stupid show uh, and i also appreciate you taking the time to go and review the podcast if if you're on the um, like apple Podcasts or iheart or wherever you are and you could just throw a review down there Give it five stars, say it's great, whatever, whatever you want to write down there. Um, and, uh, and, and that helps everybody kind of see the show and discover it. Um, it, it also uh, makes you feel good inside, uh, cures uh, all sorts of diseases. I mean, I can't say that. The FDA says I can't say that, but we all know it's true. So please do that. And if you go to YouTube, uh, subscribe as well there. Uh, that's been you know, going crazy and, and, and growing very quickly. And I know I really do appreciate that because I, you know, I'm honestly very mediocre. So thanks for signing up. Make sure to click the bell as well to get the notifications. We'll see you tomorrow.